Welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast, the photo imaging industry's leading news source. Here's your host, Gary Peugeot. The Dead Pixel Society podcast is brought to you by Media Clip, Advertech Printing, and School Photographers of America. Hello again and welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. I'm your host, Gary Peugeot, and today we're joined by Brandon Leibowitz of SEO Optimizers. Brandon's coming to us from Los Angeles, California. Hi, Brandon. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on today. So, Brandon, you've been running SEO Optimizers for about four or five years, you said. And can you tell us your journey and how you got to the point where you want to start your own business? Well, I got my, well, I've always had the entrepreneurial spirit growing up. So even in high school, started a little skateboarding company and did that for a little while. But once I went to college, so what is a skateboarding company? What, is, what does that mean? You do the boards or the decals or what's the? It was the clothing. So oh, made clothing. Like okay. And sweatshirts and stuff like that and had them in a bunch of skate shops and was doing that for a while, but went to college and kind of just focused on school instead of doing both, which I should have kept both going, but went to school, got my degree in business marketing. And after I graduated from school, got my first job doing digital marketing, helping a company out with their SEO, doing paid ads, doing social media, helping out with emails, taking pictures of products, kind of doing it all. And this is back in 2007. I just realized that everyone's probably going to have a website in the future. <laughs> and there's a lot of ways to get traffic. And SEO is just a way to get free traffic. So just focused on that over the years. While I was working full-time, I would be working on my own company and building it up to where I was able to quit my job and focus solely on that, where I was working like full-time at different advertising agencies and before work or after work, during my lunch break, I'd help or I'd be working on my own company and was able to quit my job a few years ago and just been doing that ever since. Awesome. So you consider yourself an expert on SEO. So for those who aren't familiar, what is your definition of SEO? Because some people have different ways of, of framing that. Yep. So SEO is search engine optimization. Mm -hmm. which means ranking websites on search engines, which really means right. Google. So when you search on Google, there's ads at the top. Those are all paid ads where you pay per click. So anytime someone clicks on those, that company is paying Google. It could be a couple cents per click. It could be a couple dollars per click. It could be a couple hundred dollars per click. It gets pretty expensive. So that's why I try to do the SEO, which is getting you below the ads into the organic, the free listings and getting mm -hmm. that free traffic. So you're not spending money every time someone clicks on your website because it gets pretty expensive very quickly. So there's 10 spots on that first page of Google and trying to get you in those organic listings. But it's not just websites now that appear on Google. Images appear, videos appear, your local business, map will appear. So trying to take up as much free real estate as possible on that first page of Google. So optimizing all the images on your website. If you have any videos, we'll optimize those. And videos are primarily going to be YouTube because Google owns YouTube. So whenever you search on Google and you see videos appear, I'd say 90% of the time it's going to be YouTube because Google only cares about making money. So if you search on Google and you don't click on an ad, Google's not making any money. But if you click search on Google and you click on a YouTube video, the first thing that appears anytime you watch a video, there's always an advertisement. So Google right. is or YouTube is making money, which is really Google making money. So right. I would try to take up as much free real estate and have a presence on YouTube because Google's going to promote that as much as they can. 
So you always hear about the Google algorithm and things they do to change. Just, just give the audience an, an idea of what it takes to do what you're doing. That's a whole educational process, isn't it? Just keeping up with all the changes. What's that like? Oh, I mean, Google is changing every single day. So it's just trying to stay up to date with what they're doing. But most of the time it's changing to stop spam. So mm-hmm. as long as you're not doing anything weird or shady or unethical, mm-hmm. you don't have much to worry about with the updates. But Mm-hmm. It is good to stay up to date with them and see what they are looking out for because you want to make sure you're doing everything according to the best practices. Because if you do the wrong thing, instead of ranking higher, you're actually going to drop down, which we don't mm-hmm. want that to happen. So got to make sure you follow all the best practices that Google Webmaster Guidelines dates and just do everything that they're looking for. So you really have to optimize. You really have to play Google's game to rank high. For the most part, you got to do what Google's looking for, but really... What we care about is who's on that first page of Google mm-hmm. and how much SEO have they done? Because if you're trying to figure out what Google is doing, it's going to mm-hmm. drive you crazy because every day is going to change and you're <laughs> exactly. never going to figure it out. But what matters is who's on that first page of Google, how much SEO have they done and mm-hmm. how could you do a better job of it? So that's what we're really trying to figure out is what have your competitors done and how can we do a better job of it? So you work mostly with small and medium businesses. What are some of the typical mistakes or the first things you have to address when you bring on a client? The thing you said when you look at their 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 strategy and what they've been doing, what are some of the things you see that that you automatically have to go to to correct? The most important is backlinks, getting other websites to talk about you. So you need clickable links from other websites that mention you. So if you're reading an article in like the newyorktimes.com, and in there, it says Brandon Leibowitz, and you click on that, and it goes to my website. I'd be getting a backlink from the NewYorkTimes.com. So the more websites that talk about you, the more trust Google gives to you, and then Google mm-hmm. looks at the keywords on your website. But it doesn't work the other mm-hmm. way around. Without backlinks, Google's not going to trust you. They're not going to rank the website. Google's whole algorithm first started based off backlinks. It's changed a lot how they look at them over the years, but it's still primarily based off backlinks. And a lot of people come to me with websites that don't have any backlinks, or they have the wrong type of backlinks. So it's going in and really cleaning up the backlinks along with fixing the website, making sure everything's, Mm -hmm. all the keywords are in the right places, all the technical SEO is done, but without backlinks, none of that matters. So Mm -hmm. that's number one is making sure that you have good quality backlinks from relevant and authoritative websites. That's going to build trust and get Google to rank you higher. So how do you do that if you're a you know, a small town retailer, for example, and, you know, maybe you want to, somebody in your market is looking for cameras or they're looking for film processing or something. How do you get those backlinks? I mean, is, is it just a matter of just asking people for them or what, what's the process there? Yeah, there's a ton of different ways to get backlinks. I would say the best is spying your competitors. So there's tools that you could throw any website in there and see all their backlinks. So what I would do is go into Google, search for your keywords, see what's on that first page of Google, write those websites down, and then throw them into these different tools. You have to pay for them. Unfortunately, they're not free, but pay for these tools and they'll show you every single backlink. And then one by one, you start reaching out to the sites that seem relevant, authoritative, and try to figure out like if they're linking out to your competitor, why did they get this backlink? And more than likely, you're able to get a backlink from these websites if they're linking out to your competition because either they maybe they're on like a Yelp. So you just go on and create a Yelp listing or maybe they got published on 
the New York Times, you could probably figure out who wrote this article, why they write an article about my competitor, and how can I maybe pitch myself to that author and they might write about me. But you have to, so the tools, there's a couple big ones. It doesn't matter which one you use. You just pick one and use that. It's Ahrefs is a really big one, or Moz mm-hmm. is a really popular one, or SEMrush mm-hmm. is another really popular one. And these tools will show you all their backlinks. So one by one, you could just spy on your competitor and look at all their backlinks. Because again, if they're on that first page of Google, it's primarily because of those backlinks and a bunch of other variables, but the backlinks are just such a big part of their algorithm that if you could get the backlinks that your competitors have, it will definitely start moving up. So you mentioned uh, Yelp. What is the value of, obviously, uh, the, the Google My Business page is huge. You have to have one of those, obviously. Um, are other directories as valuable or important or can, you know, if you're, you know, an independent business person and maybe you don't have the resource to hire someone like yourself and you have to, you're kind of doing this on your own or you, de- or you delegate a staff person to do it. What are the ones that you should focus on? I mean, there's so many directories out there. And right. That's my point. There's a lot. Which ones are worth it? Yeah. And in the past, it was get on all of them. Now it's go after the quality site. So Go after the bigger ones like Google, my business, Google Maps. They keep changing their name, but getting on there, getting on like Yelp, MapQuest, Apple Maps, Bing Maps, Yellow Pages, Foursquare. I mean, those are kind of like the bigger ones. Other than that, if there's any really niche industry related ones, then I'd go after that. So if you're like a real estate agent, then maybe you want to be on like Zillow because Zillow is kind of like a directory. It lists out a bunch of realtors. So it just depends if there's any really specific ones that are related to you. Those are the sure. best because then you get that relevancy aspect of it. Otherwise, you're just on the generic Yelp. Yelp is about everything. There's no relevancy. Whereas if you're a realtor and you're on Zillow or Hotpads or Trulia or any of these or websites that are related to real estate, that's going to be a lot better. So that's where you got to just kind of find your competitors and you'll see where they're published, what directories are on. And you don't want to go after every backlink that they have because it's not the number of backlinks that you have. It's the number of quality backlinks. It used to be the more backlinks you had, the higher you'd rank, but Google changed their algorithm. And now it's the number of quality backlinks. And the quality backlink is a website that's related to you and authoritativeness. So the more re- relevant it is to your business, the better off. Like if you're a real estate agent and you're getting a backlink from a doctor, that doesn't really make sense. But if you're a real estate agent and you're getting a backlink from a website about like, homes, mortgages, real estate, anything somewhat related to what you're doing, that's what Google wants mm-hmm. to see. And then authoritativeness. How big is this website? If I give you a backlink for my website, it's good, but it's not the same as like <laughs> a Forbes or Entrepreneur or Huffington Post or Wall Street right, Journal. Right, so the right, bigger the website, right. the more SEO value and relevancy. Those two are the real big aspects of the backlinks. Mm-hmm. You can optimize images for SEO too, right? And, and since a lot of uh, my, my listeners they're in the imaging business. What are some mm. of the things you can do to optimize an image? Yeah, so there's a lot you can do with images. When you, well, the most important thing is to realize that Google can't read images or videos. So what they look at is the file name. That's really important is before you upload it to your website or any platform, even like if you're uploading to Instagram or Facebook, you can rename that file name from whatever it is, image 001.jpg to something that describes that image. That's really important. Don't put keywords in it but just describe that image in a couple words. And then when you upload it to your website, 
usually, I mean, depending on what, what platform, they're going to ask for like a title, a description, a caption, but then they're going to ask for an alt text or alternative text. That one yes. is really important for SEO is alternative text. The other ones, it's okay to put a title, a description, caption, but it's not going to have the same impact as an alt text. And the alt text is for visually impaired people where if you can't see or look at the screen, they have what are called screen readers where they'll read the text out. But when they get to images and videos, they can't read that. So they look at what the alt text is, and that should be descriptive of what that image is about. So don't worry about putting keywords in there. Just describe that image. That's really important. And then mm-hmm. Google also looks at the content around that image. So the text around that image should be related to what that image is about. That mm-hmm. really helps out a lot is just having supporting content because Google can't read the images, but they can read the text. So the text around mm-hmm. that image before it and after it should be somewhat related and have some of those keywords mm-hmm. sprinkled in it. But mm-hmm. before you even upload the image to your website, you can take it one step further and right click on the image and go to properties. And then a whole list of settings comes up that you could put who the author is, the date, the location, and all these other variables that go into it. Mm-hmm. So those are also important. If you're a local business, if you take a picture, Google will also look at the, I forget what's called, like the metadata that they put in the yeah. images where it yep. shows the actual coordinates of the the GPS, the latitude and longitude of that. So if you're a restaurant and you take a bit picture and it's not in that restaurant and it's a mile away, it's a lot better, more beneficial to take the picture in that restaurant because Google wow. will see those tags. But also when you right click on the image, you could change some of those properties and add a lot of other stuff in there. So right click on it, go to properties. I mean, that's taking it one step further than 99% of the people will do. Most people just have the file name and an alt tag. But if you go to the properties and also the text around it, those two things, mm-hmm. not many people really do for images. Hmm. And that will help out a lot. Okay. Cause I, cause that's one of the things I, I didn't realize that Google was looking. I, I know that obviously that they, you know, they look at all their websites. I didn't realize they were actually looking at the location of pictures that they relate to the business. That's pretty cool. Actually. That's, because really what they're trying to do is verify the authenticity of the information. That's really, so really what you, what the lesson here is don't try and pull one over on the Google. Mm-hmm. No, they've seen all the tricks. I mean, Google has been around for 20 something years and they've seen, if you think they've found a shortcut, other people have done it and Google yeah. potentially figured that out, saw that people are doing it and penalizes websites that are doing it. So like if you're naming your image, like if you're, Let's say you're a restaurant and like, let's say you just took an image of like your menu, but you name it Italian food, best Los Angeles dot JPEG. That's not good. You should just name it like Italian food menu and maybe your company name. So just describing mm-hmm. that image, eventually you're going to have images with your keywords that are going to be in that. But essentially you just want to mm-hmm. describe that image in a couple words and mm-hmm. not make it really long and spammy. Don't worry about putting extra keywords in there. That's not really relevant anymore in the past it used to be like that but google again, changes all the time so now it's just more quality and descriptiveness stay with us we'll be right back photo retailers energize your sales with share me chat the proven texting platform using chat to text on your website keeps your customers connected and buying See us at Pro and IPI to find out why dealers using ShareMeChat close more sales without adding staff. Find out more at ShareMe.chat. Okay. So you mentioned earlier Instagram. There, you, there was a time where 
I don't believe that Google looked at Instagram as closely because there wasn't a cooperation between the companies. Is that true still? So Instagram is owned by Facebook. Right. Facebook, That's what I'm saying. They don't play well together. Nah, and Facebook and Google are somewhat competitors. I mean, Google made Google Plus, the social media mm-hmm. site. And, but the biggest thing is Facebook has a big presence on video and they don't want to lose that. And YouTube is owned by Google and that's the number one video platform. So Instagram is trying to, or Facebook is trying to hold on to videos. That's why Facebook has Instagram and they had IGTV, which is long form videos because mm-hmm. Facebook is losing viewers or people aren't using Facebook as much, but people are going on Instagram and they're like, all right, how do we get long form videos onto Instagram? Because before they were only 15 seconds, right. 30 seconds, they weren't, now they're a minute, but IGTV lets you do long form video and real, I mean, they're changing all the time. So they're going after that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Instagram is, I mean, Google is blocked from most social media. Google can't see really anything that's done by social media, except for Twitter. Google partnered with Twitter a few years ago. So, right, I remember that. So that one could potentially have some SEO value, but other than that, all other platforms are pretty much blocked from Google. Mm-hmm. So if someone's thinking, well, I'm posting to my Insta and I'm posting to my Facebook. Why are my Google results getting any better? It's because Google can't see into the Facebook uh uh, world. No, sadly. So if you search for a company name, like you put Target or Walmart or Costco, any of these big companies in there, you'll see on Google, like if you search for it, you'll see the most recent tweets because Google could access that. But you'll see lower down, they're just going to show their Facebook page. They're not going to show anything on that Facebook page because they're blocked from all that stuff. So mm-hmm. they could see the tweets on Twitter because they have access to all that and they're able to pull that data in, right. show them in big boxes on Google. They're like really big and they take up a lot of space. Hmm. So do you make recommendations then for social media strategy or is that not something that you do? No, social media just depends on who your audience is and mm-hmm. what platforms sure. are active on because I see people trying to be on every platform and that's right. where social becomes a big waste of time where you yeah. got to figure out who is my audience where are they going to be and how do I get in front of them? Like if you're doing images, like Flickr is a really big website that not many people would think of as social media, but it's not being on the big, big site. It's being on the sites that have your audience. So trying to be in right. front of people that actually care about what you're offering. But sure. if you're doing photography, I'm sure Instagram is probably going to be really popular. TikTok right. is more video based. So it just depends if you're doing videography mm-hmm. than videos, but it really just depends on who your audience is. LinkedIn is more B2B. But it just depends. Right. Like, I'm an SEO company. Well, let's say, like, a doctor, a lawyer, a dentist. I aren't going to get that much traction from social media. People aren't really going to go looking for a doctor on Facebook or Instagram mm-hmm. or Twitter. Some people might, but the majority of people are probably going to go on Google. And they Yelp. probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. And then after they find you on like Google or Yelp, then they might vouch for you and check you out on Google, I mean, on Facebook or social media to check out like sure. who you are. Do you have reviews? Do you have? Status updates. Can I talk to you? Are you a real company? Because social, it's really to put a face behind the company. It really builds sure. that trust and credibility up. Yeah, that's one of the things I was at a conference uh, over the summer and it was, you know, small business owners. And there was a lot of discussion about TikTok. And, you know, I, I was just questioning the time and effort involved in that, what the ROI is. How do you measure the ROI on various social platforms? Because like you said, some of them are very, like Facebook, you can have stores now and it can be very transactional. You can actually measure things like that through Facebook mm-hmm. as opposed to some of them that are more like just for exposure and they're not so much sales. 
Yeah, it just depends on what you're measuring, but you all look at analytics and most of these platforms have analytics like Facebook will give you analytics, but they don't really tell you the whole story. So Google Analytics is a free tool from Google. It'll show you how do people behave once they've left Facebook and gone onto your website, how many pages do they visit, what pages right. do they go to, how long do they stay on those pages, do they leave immediately, tells you a mm-hmm. bunch of information. So Google Analytics is just great for measuring everything and it's a free mm-hmm. tool and it'll show you too much information. It's like data overload. A lot of people are overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if you spend any time in your Google Analytics account, you do wonder uh, how much of this stuff is really relevant. What are maybe some of the top three things, if you had a brick and mortar store, um, you would look for in your Google Analytics? Yeah, so unfortunately, Google Analytics is changing over from Universal Analytics to Google Analytics for July 2023. So I can tell you the places to look now in Google Analytics that are <laughs> probably going to change. But just in general, what you want to look at is who or where is your traffic coming from? So mm-hmm. it's going to change where that's right now. If you click on acquisition, all traffic source medium, mm-hmm. it'll show you where your traffic is coming from. It'll show you sure. how much traffic is coming from Google, from Bing, from Yahoo, from DuckDuckGo, from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, people just typing your website in, any articles that have been published. It'll show you all the traffic sources, which is probably the most important for SEO. It's figuring out where my traffic is coming from, how long do they stay on my website for, do they leave immediately, all this stuff will be shown there. And then, or and conversions, how many people purchase, call you, email you, whatever that conversion goal is. That would be the most important place. Then the second most important place is looking at the top pages. So looking at which pages get the most traffic. Because if you're a blog, see which blog posts get the most traffic. If you're an e-commerce website, see which products get the most traffic. But then you can see which pages get the most traffic, but how long do they stay on this page? Mm-hmm. It's called the bounce rate. How many people have come to your website and left immediately? And maybe your top most popular page, blog post product is getting the most traffic, but 90% of the people that came to that page left immediately. Then you got to figure out what's going on. Why am I getting so much traffic? But they're leaving immediately. Is it loading slowly? Right. Maybe the messaging is off, but this is where you kind of figure, become like a detective and try to figure out what's going on. Same with the traffic mm-hmm. sources. Like a lot of people will come to me and they're running paid ads. They're like, my ads aren't working. Then we look at the bounce rate and see like from Facebook, you're getting 10,000 visitors, but 90% of the people left immediately. So something's wrong. Either the ad is wrong, the text is wrong, they're accidentally clicking on the ad, or maybe there's a ton of variables that could go into what's causing that. But that's where you got to figure out what's sure. going on. And Facebook's not going to tell you this bounce rate. Like we got you a thousand visitors, but they're not going to tell you what happens after they get to your website, how long they stay on those pages. That's where Google right. Analytics comes into play and tells you, again, mm-hmm. data overload. It's like so much information, but that information is valuable. It's just taking mm-hmm. the time to go through it and don't worry about clicking on anything or breaking anything. You're not going to break anything. Just click on all the buttons there and you're just going to learn so much information. When someone has successful content, something that's bringing stuff in, like, you know, like you said, a blog, for example. One school of thought is, well, I need to double down on that kind of content and do more of it because it's drawing in traffic. Or the other school of thought might be, well, I need to do other things because that one's already successful. What what would you recommend? I mean, you want to do as much as you can. It's because you never know what's going to work until you try it out. So mm-hmm. something's working, keep it there. Don't make any changes to it if it's ranked number one. But other than that, you want to try new strategies out or just test because you never know what's going to work until you try it out. And it's mm-hmm. kind of just like throwing everything against the wall, 
to Google and some things are going to rank a lot quicker than others. Some keywords might rank immediately, whereas others could take months or years to rank. It just depends on so many variables. Hmm. It's kind of tough, but you want to try to get traffic from as many different sources as possible. So what type of services does SEO optimizers offer? So mainly focus on search engine optimization, trying to get that mm -hmm. free traffic, but also could help out with paid ads and can help out with social media, but mainly mm -hmm. focus on just trying to tap into that free traffic because why spend money on ads if you get up there for free? But that's the right. work because SEO does take some time. So while yeah. you're waiting for SEO to kick in, you might want to supplement it with some paid ads in conjunction mm -hmm. or social media also is a way to tap into new audiences as well. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. It's a, you pay, and one thing that's nice about paid ads is, you know, you just buy the ad and you let it do the work. And with SEO optimization, you have to do the work. It's it's free, but you're you're spending time. So I, there there is a cost with your time. Yep. It's just uh, <laughs> well, great. Well, thank you, Brandon, for your time and your expertise. Appreciate it. Where can people go to learn more about you and your company? Yeah. So everyone that wants to learn more, I should create a special gift for everyone. If they go to my website, seooptimizers.com, that's S-E-O-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com forward slash gift. They can find that there along with a bunch of classes I've done over the years for free if they want to learn more step-by-step -step how to do SEO or Google Analytics, social media, paid ads. I have a ton of classes all for free up there. And also if they want to book some time on my calendar. From an SEO point of view, I could analyze their website and let them know what's working, what's not working. And I'm happy to do that for free. They can book some time on my calendar there as well. Well, thank you, Brandon. And uh, it was great to meet you and have a great week. Thanks. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. Read more great stories and sign up for the newsletter at www.thedeadpixelssociety.com.